just want to talk to you tonight. You know, prayer, I don't know why the Lord is, um, the Holy Spirit's just been really pressing me. And it's probably a personal call. But I think when it's a personal call, then it becomes a corporate call. Because that's what God begins to speak to me. <clears throat> and so I want to look at the harvest. How many know what the harvest is? The harvest is the, actually what happens at the end of the age. Where we get, to, we get to partake with what Jesus is doing in the earth. Isn't that awesome? I think it would be awesome if we could do that. And so I just want to talk to you about some of the blessings of harvest. And then I'm going to end just kind of concentrating and focusing on prayer. Okay? Because I feel like uh, the Holy Spirit wants to do a lot of amazing things. And we just need to be obedient to what he's saying. You know, I want to talk about the harvest because, you know, a word we just received <clears throat> um, just recently when we were at Global Legacy, and I thought it was pretty profound. And the Lord kind of took me back to think about what I, what I was instructed to do right at the beginning when he was calling me when I was really young, you know. I, was, I used to go to uh, different events and crusades and different things and I knew you know God always calls us back to the first thing this is what I think this is what I believe you know he always calls us to grow in what we're calling called to do but he always calls us to focus on the first thing he said to us right in the beginning God said so I think if we just listen to the Lord and what he's saying um I just want us to look at the gospel and the power of the gospel, the power that the gospel has in our lives. And there's some, a quote that I got, if, if our gospel isn't touching others, then I question whether it's touching us. And that may be convicting, but that's okay. It's allowed to do that. We want the gospel to touch people around us. We want the, pre you know, when, when we receive, when I received Christ, when I received Jesus Christ, and the fullness of who he was in my life, it began to affect others or it didn't. So we want to be those that the gospel affects. It has a, a multiplication effect that we have truth, that we live in truth and we live in light and we live in the love of Christ and that we release the love of Christ and we release the truth of Christ. Come on. That the love of the gospel, that the truth of the gospel... How many love the gospel message? I'm just we're really going to be on this because I feel like, you know, we received a prophetic word that God's about to birth something and we're about to have a lot of babies. Okay? And that means, that may mean in the natural. He was talking both in the natural but also in the spirit. And so that tells me that we, come on, that somebody needs to step up and begin to release the kingdom. And whatever that looks like, we begin to release the message of the gospel, because that's what brings people in. And the Holy Spirit begins to work on people's lives. The gospel through the what? The message of the cross. And Jesus said this, that what, his, what Paul said this, that the message wasn't just in words only, but it was in power. Right? And so there needs to be power in our words and power in what we declare and power in what we decree. And our words have power. We talked a little bit about this last week, that our words have amazing power. And so the pro there's promises that when we sow in the land and we sow into the harvest, 
Jesus said, if you love me, you do what I say. If you love me, you'll do my commandments. If you love me, you'll actually, what my word says, you'll begin to do, you'll begin to live, you'll begin to live out of the place where the gospel brings life and love, right, to people around us. And so I just want to look at, at, at a few scriptures, and they, it's going to be a little heavy, okay? I'm just warning you right now. So 1 Corinthians, we're just going to look at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. Is everyone okay? You won't be in a minute. No, it won't be in any condemnation. Here's what I want to reveal to you. Because the judgment seat of Christ is not for a, someone who doesn't believe, but it's for a believer. And I think we've had a, a, a different perspective about what the judgment seat of Christ is. And I'm just going to read this, read this out for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 7, we'll start there. <clears throat> because there's important things that we need to grab hold of. It says, so then, so then neither he who plants is anything or he who waters, <laughs> but God who gives the increase. That's interesting right there. It's not who sows or waters, but it's God who gives the increase. Guess what? That takes all the pressure off of everyone. That when we do what we're called to do and we're obedient to it, right? Jesus said that. When you obey my word and do what, I've, what, I, what I speak to you, that when you do those things, you don't have to worry about the results. I, res, I take care of the results. See, God gives the increase. Aren't you happy about that? I'm, I'm happy about that because that doesn't mean that I have to do anything other than just be obedient to what God's saying. And so it says, now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward. Hmm, a reward. Wow. We get rewards. <laughs> According to his own labor. And I don't want us to get us off track, but, you know, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He rewards us for seeking him. He awards us with his presence, with his life inside of us. He, there's rewards. And I'm going to read right down through this because there's some that burn up and there's some that, come on, they last. They'll be in your crown. Come on. But guess what? You don't get to keep your crown. You throw it before the Lord after. So it says this, verse 9. <clears throat> For we're God's fellow workers, who are, you are God's field, and you're God's building. So you're his workers, his field, and his building. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. According to the grace of God, which has been given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But each one takes heed of how he builds on it. So, being a builder... I know a little bit about foundations. That's actually where we start. As masons, we usually do the concrete, right? We build out of stone. We build solid so that whatever's built on top of that will never fall down. And I've worked with other designers and different people who don't know how to build something solid that's come on begins with a good foundation so how many know we need good foundation and the word of God is an amazing foundation to build our lives on. 
The word of God can give us life inside of us and breath to carry us on, but it also gives us something to build on so our lives can go, come on, to the greatest and height of capacity that he's called us to live in, right? And then it says this, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So Jesus is what? The Bible says he's the cornerstone and everything else is built. So the apostles and the, prophet, and the prophets are built on him. He's the chief cornerstone. And then it says, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, now anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Each, one wor- each one's work will become clear for the day. We're talking about what day? It's talking about the, the bema. It's really the bema seat of Christ. It's the judgment seat of Christ. We'll declare it, and because it's revealed by fire. Now, we don't like that word. We don't like it when, it, when God's testing our stuff by fire. But I'm telling you, fire is good. It purifies. Fire is great because it purifies and it strengthens. Come on. I used to work in a smelting plant where I'd watch metals be changed into different different. Um, we'd mix them with aluminum. We'd be able to test what type of assay or how much was gold, how much was silver, how much was junk. Come on, the rest would burn up. And this is how God tests. See, even in the natural, this is how he tests. It's a spiritual way, but he's going to test that somehow. And what does it say? It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work. And what sort it is. And if anyone's work, if anyone's work which he has built built on endures, he will receive a a reward again. (laughs) If anyone works, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. And he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. Now I'm just gonna stop there because that's enough to think about tonight. But the Holy Spirit wants us to understand, listen, this is, this is why the judgment seat of Christ is for the believer. Say believer. believer. And a believer is someone who believes that Jesus Christ died and is bo- now he's born again because the, the power of Jesus Christ changed you, transformed you, and be- brought you into new creation. You are a new, crea- new creation according to the Lord, right? According to Christ. And so we thank God for his process for, come on, regeneration. Because what happens in Christ is he regenerates the old man and brings us into newness of life, right? And so here's what happens. We do stuff in the kingdom all the time. And here's what's going to happen when we come to the end. And I'm just going to talk about the rewards. We're going to talk about rewards tonight. Come on, it'll get good. <laughs> We're going to talk about rewards because when, when Jesus came, he gave his life Come on, so that everything that he did and everything you built your life on is now him. When you gave your life to him, you now build your life on him. The center of your marriage should be on Jesus. The center of your relationship should be on Jesus. The center of the church should be Jesus, not programs and other stuff. Come on, I love the church. I'm a local church guy. We have a local church here. But I'm saying this, that God wants us to build... Not on bodies, but on Christ. Right? And the Holy Spirit wants us to live a life that's completely devoted because this is what happens. Because this is why we're going to talk about intercession. Because when we, when we gather to pray, it's the least 
come on, no one shows up. And it's not out of works that any man should boast. That's what Paul said, right? But there is something about prayer because we've lost something in prayer. And I'll get into that. I'm starting to go somewhere I don't need to go yet. The Holy Spirit wants us to understand that what we do for him that is done out of a pure heart, that is done out of, come on, complete allegiance to the Lord, is given, given ourselves. We can do good works and they can burn because our motives are messed up. Because we think it's just, you know, we're doing stuff just because we do good things. And I'm not saying we don't do good works because, come on, we're supposed to take care of the widow, come on, the orphan, those type of things. It says, <laughs> that's pure religion. It's pure God. And so we need to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to do something amazing and through us, and we release those things to the Lord, right? We do stuff. We pray. We seek the Lord. We begin to do things. We pray for the sick. We heal the sick. We get to see some amazing miracles, right? But even in the Bible, Jesus said, you can do all those signs, and I, and I might say, I never knew you. Didn't he say that? And so here's the thing. We want the seated. We have to look at it like this. What's the judgment seat of Christ? I want you to not look at it as a judgment seat with a gavel, and he's, he's actually declaring over you some type of judgment because that's not how it was written. It was written like this. Yes, your works will be burned. The wood, hay, and stubble will be burned. It's going to be tried by fire. But here's what the Bama seat, here's what the judgment seat is. It's, it's when Jesus looks at you as if you're in a race. And if you look at Paul's writing all about race and, and, and competing, he's talking about competing what? For one thing, a prize. And I don't want to go all the way over to something that we have to work for because we don't have to work for it. But come on, there's, there's righteous things that we do that God wants to bring life and increase and reward to you. Because come on, I'm going to show you that we get five crowns if you do some of these things. Five crowns. <laughs> come on. I'm gonna, it's going to get crazy if I got five crowns on. But then I'm going to throw them all back to Jesus. Because I'm going to cast my, my crowns just like the elders, right? They cast their crowns. They didn't want to be, come on, they didn't want to be rulers. They submitted themselves to Jesus. And that's what this is all about. It's about giving our lives over to the Christ. It's about giving our whole life, not just part of it. Come on, God, you can have just this, that, and that. And I'll, I'll go to church, and I'll just do my stuff, and that'll be okay. And I'll be all right. And I'll go to heaven. Yeah, as through fire. As through fire. That means everything else is going to burn, and then you go. But I don't know about you. I'm just like this. When I get to heaven, I want to, come on, I want to have some play. Can I have some play time? I think the Lord's going to let me do that. I'm going to go to the video catalogs, and I'm just going to look at stuff. Like Moses. Of course, all that stuff. So you got to see you'll just be able to plug in. It's almost like the Matrix. You know, you just plug in, you'll get to see that stuff, right? Come on. And the Holy Spirit wants us. I want to be in this place where I live my life that, come on, I get a crown, that I finish the race well. And don't you want to finish the race well? I want you to believe with me, and I want to be, this is part of equipping and training, because we want you to finish the race well. So that when you, you continue to follow Christ and pursue Christ, that you're on fire, that you're, you're, you're really charged for the gospel. 
And I want you to have a love for the gospel because God did something absolutely amazing for humanity. That when he came and he died and he gave his life, that it was the most amazing supernatural thing that could have happened on the earth. And you have the truth inside of you. And if you don't, you can. And that the life of God can come through you into someone else. And whatever you focus on, because I, I feel like whatever we, pay our, whatever we pay attention to, God gives us. If you pursued healing, he will give you healing. If you pursue deliverance, he will give you deliverance. But I'm telling you, it all comes through one thing, prayer. It all comes through the same thing. And I preach intimacy with Christ and love and, and this, this bridal glory that he wants to release on our lives. I preach that. That is my pretty much the core of who I am and my message. And that's what we got to understand. But when I start speaking this word prayer and intercession and come on, we're going to labor until it's formed. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Because God wants to bring something to you, but it doesn't happen unless you pursue it. Okay? So I'm going to give us seven things tonight. I have a list. It's good for these people that need lists. And I'm, absolute, I'm almost organized tonight. So just looking at the judgment seat, the Holy Spirit wants us to run the race well. Come on, I want when the fire of God hits me, this is the whole thing about the fire of God. When it hits you, it burns all the yucky stuff out. It's good. It's a good thing. Ready? Hug the fire. I want you to hug the fire tonight. You just want to hug and embrace the fire in the presence of God. Because nothing that we do, we don't do anything out of, Paul says this, you don't do it out of selfish ambition. Mm. Or self-serving stuff. Come on. So I got seven things. We can reap only what's been sown. Number one. You can only reap what's been sown. What does that mean? It's actually, I was ahead of myself earlier, as usual. But it means this. What you focus on, if I sow into healing, if I sow into the ministry of healing, and I pray and I believe God that he's going to release healing in this room, which I've seen over and over and over again, I got an awesome testimony back this week about someone who we prayed for cancer. I think he had liver cancer. And I just, I don't know. He just testified to, to Henry, I think. I don't know where this guy's been. I don't know where John's been. But I'm like, I'm like, why don't people tell me that stuff? He's cancer-free. Come on. We just saw, I just, I spoke to him. I said that, you know, I didn't speak to him since, but I saw the, the, the Lord just reach in and take the cancer. That's all. That's all I said. That's all I spoke. And it wasn't just me. I'm sure, come on, other people watered, other people prophesied, other people spoke things. But come on, if you believe for healing in the kingdom, so now he's cancer-free. Liver cancer-free. That's like crazy, man. That's like, boom. Shaka-bam. It's good. And that's not the first one. Come on. You've heard testimonies. Unforgiveness being, come on, released. The lady's knees being healed. This just over and over and over and over. We see healing. As, as much as we pursue it, it will come. 
Come on, what you give your life to, but it's Jesus and healing. You're not just pursuing healing, right? Okay, just making sure. Deliverance, same thing. You know, we want an amazing life that's absolutely free, and I want to believe God because, you know, even last week we had, we had a gentleman in here who needed complete healing from all kinds of voices, you know? Schizophrenia. And I just looked at him, I, I just started to weep because I'm like, God, can't you just do this right now for this man? Now we prayed for him, and he kept saying, I can't get off the medication can't stop taking the medication. And I'd never tell someone to stop taking the medication until they felt they were safe with doing that. My point being, come on. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to prayer. I'm going to just pray. I have to just pray for that. And not that I, come on, it doesn't need to, again, it doesn't need to be all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't have, it doesn't have to be all kinds of theatrics with deliverance or healing. It can be, come on, Jesus spoke a word and they were healed. Jesus spoke to the man, the demoniac, who heard, come on, he was probably the closest thing to a schizophrenic in the Bible. And he spoke a word. And he was set free. Just like that. And then he was in his right mind. So whatever you pursue, come on, whatever we sow into, we'll reap. If we sow, come on, I want to see... A major harvest. So now I'm thinking, should I sow money? Yeah, we can go with money. I want to see a massive harvest, and I want to see healing, and I want to see deliverance. So what am, what am I going to sow into? Other than my own, you know, come on, what we're doing here. But I'm going to sow into something greater, something, you know, that's doing crazy stuff all over the earth. Prayer. Got to pray into it. Listen, oh, I'll talk about that after. Breakthrough. We want to see breakthrough. If you want to see breakthrough, you sow into breakthrough. What does that look like? I don't know. Whatever it looks like for you. Whatever you think you need in breakthrough, you need to sow into that so that you reap it. Whatever breakthrough looks like. And so we want to reflect the fullness of God, don't we? I want to reflect the fullness of who Jesus is. And in that, I'm going to sow into my life and into my family and into the church so that we look more and more like him. That's the only way I can do it. That's the only way I know how. Because why? The Bible tells me this, right? And so don't ever limit the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? We can't limit the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can do anything, all things. All things. All things. He can set anyone free. He can heal any condition. Done. It's just a question of, am I plugged into the presence and the power and the anointing that I can see that be released in the earth? Are we praying enough that when people come in here, the, the whole atmosphere is electricity so that if people are crippled, they come in and they get healed instantly? I think we can do that. I don't think that's too much for the Lord. Personally. Personally. Are you with me? Good. We want maturity and fullness. Yeah, Luke chapter 6. Trying to keep myself on track here. 
Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Give, come on, here's the principle. Give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, precious. We use this, preachers use this all the time for giving. I don't like that. It's true. It's true. There's truth in it. But give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will, will be put into your bosom. For in the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. What am I saying? Okay, here we go. We're praying for a gift of healing. I've said this a thousand times from here probably. If you never pray for anyone to get healed, how are they going to get healed? If you're praying for deliverance, if you're praying for some breakthrough for someone else, sometimes breakthrough comes for you praying breakthrough for your neighbor. And so what's the Lord saying? He's saying, listen, if you don't sow it, if you don't sow something, how are you supposed to get it? How is it supposed to come to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over? That means an overflow. That means a complete abundance of something that you actually are asking the Lord for, but if you don't sow it, you don't receive it. Are you there? So I want to see things change in my life, and I want to sow that into someone else. Can you do that? Because what happens is it totally takes it out of your court. It totally puts it aside from, from who we are and who we're, who we're built to be. And it puts us outside of ourselves and we take away every selfish ambition and we send it towards someone else and we try and see people made whole. Right? Yes, God's calling. And so in the same measure that you use it, the same measure it'll come back to you. So how much healing do you want? <laughs> That's the question I'm asking right now. How much healing do you want? How much deliverance do you want? How much good love just lavished on your life do you want? Let's just go just right there. That's the gospel. How much love do you want shed over your life? It's as much as you're going to love others. It's as much as I'm going to pour out on someone else. It's as much goodness, love, come on, I'm going to pour out on someone else. It's going to come back to me. We could even call it the law of attraction. And some of you might not like that, but that's the truth. Right? Okay. Hebrews speaks of many died without receiving their promise. So how, much, how long do you pray for someone? Or how long do you release love? How long do you release healing? How long do you release until you die? Until you die. You don't stop. Because when you receive Christ, you've received all the fullness of God. Some died without receiving the promise. What am I saying to you tonight? I'm saying that we want to receive a promise... But it says that the, in the Bible, in the, in the heroes of faith, that some died not receiving it. Yet they continue to try and try and try and try and try. And I'm telling you in the New Testament now that it's more likely that we're going to hit it and we're going to get it and we're going to grab it and we're going to move in it. Okay? 
So it's this. It's keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on, come on, the spirit of faith, faith working inside of you, the spirit of faith working inside of you. And don't leave room for discouragement. Someone say amen. amen. Don't leave room for discouragement. Because it's so easy. We start getting discouraged because we're not seeing things happen. And I want you to be encouraged to see things happen in your life. And Jesus always said, be aware of the condition of our seed. What does that mean? Remember the parable? He, it says, the sower went and, and sowed seed. Some of it landed in good soil. Some of it landed in rocky soil. Some of it was taken. Come on, we're always trying to fight the birds away. The birds want to come and steal seeds. So when you sow your words, when you sow healing, come on, unbelief comes in. All this stuff comes in. All kinds of things start to come in to try and take the seed of the word. What is the seed? It is the word. The word of God is the seed. Ready? Number two. Immediate reward. That was all one. That was all one. We could be here a while. <laughs> now you got me nervous. <laughs> okay. Immediate reward. John chapter 4. Let's go there. Well-known scripture. Jesus out ministering to the Samaritan woman. Verse 34. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Why? Because all the, come on, all disciples were freaking out. Why are you not eating, Jesus? And why are you hanging with the Samaritan woman? This is against the law. You're not supposed to be doing this. And Jesus, come on, outside the box said, my food is to do, do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Then 35, he says, do not say that there are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Next verse. And he who reaps received wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Stop. He who reaps receives wages. And something's going on with the mic. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying, one sows, another reaps. What did I say before? One sows, another reaps. And who does? Come on. God yields the harvest. God brings the harvest. I sent you to reap. I love this. That which you haven't labored for. Come on, somebody. That's so good. What are we doing? We're reaping into, we're sowing into something that we're already going to receive. What am I say, talking about? I'm talking about immediate harvest. How many expect immediate harvest? Not many. Couple. I got two, three people, four people. Holy Spirit wants to give you immediate harvest. He wants to, come on, he wants you to see results when you pray. He wants you to see results when you sow. Everything I just said to you, he wants you to see results when you pray for the sick. He wants you to see results when you release love and compassion on people. He wants you to see results. That God is actually doing something and he's working in you and through you and that it comes back to you as an immediate harvest. 
God has the in increase. Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. And here's where I'm at with this. The first thing God spoke to me, see, it's funny. People call me a, a pastor teacher, which I do teach, and I am pastoral. Kind of not really. I don't do well grooming sheep all the time. I don't, I don't do well. I love you, but when, when it continually, come on, I got to take ticks out, I, I don't have fun. You know what I'm saying? I love you all. But what happens is when I continually got to pull ticks and, and come on, take care of the hair and the fuzz, come on, or the lack thereof. <laughs> it's funny. The Holy Spirit wants us, come on, to go back to what I was talking about, back to beginnings. First thing I was called to was evangelism, was to, come on, be prophetic. Come on, and the apostolic and the teaching and all this other stuff, come on, it comes with the package, right? Because this is how it is with Jesus. Whatever you ask for, you'll get. Whatever mantle you can put on, come on, you might not do it as well as you do with the first mantle. What has he spoken to you at the beginning? What were you called to do way back? Then we be a witness. Come on, book of Acts, she's got it right on. When we were all filled with the Holy Spirit and power, we were empowered to be witnesses, right? In the beginning, God said what? What to you? In the beginning, what did God say to you? I'm telling you, expect reaping now. And so if I'm expecting, listen, I just got, we just got a word, and I'm taking it to the bank that we're going to have lots of babies. Lots of babies. It's a good thing. That means lots of people coming to Christ, fresh new believers, desiring to know, needing to be fed. Come on. You got to get excited about that because this is what the church is here for. Increase in the kingdom. So we're going to draw wages in the natural and in the supernatural. How much? I don't know. 100, 60, 30? What do you want? What do you believe in God for? Mark 10. Just go there. Mark chapter 10. I know. We're going, I'm teaching a little tonight. It's okay, right? Verse 29, 1029, Assuredly I say to you that no one has left the house, no one has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel. See, Peter says, See, we left everything and followed you. Right before that, right? And then it says this, verse 30. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time? Did you ever read that before? Now in this time, he's talking about leaving everything for the sake of the gospel, right? Giving their lives completely over to the gospel and following Jesus Christ. And then he says, you'll, have a, you'll, you'll receive a hundredfold right now. That's Jesus' words. It's in red. I promise. He says, I, right now, from this time forward, and then houses, all this stuff, and the age to come, eternal life. 
So the Holy Spirit wants you to have wages now. It's just what do we actually expect? And I've said. Number three. I, I promise the next ones will be shorter. Daniel chapter 12. It's talking about brightness and shining, right? I said it before. He who wins souls is wise. And what does Daniel say? Those who are wise shall what? Shine. Like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn away to righteousness like the stars forever. So he's talking about, we're talking about benefits. Come on. We're talking about the goodness of God coming on you. Why? Because you're under the harvest. You're following the harvest. Number four. Crowns, joy, and rejoicing. Luke 14. Fourteen thirteen. Back up to 12. See, this is what I look at and I think of Henry. Ready? Think of Henry and all, all of, you know, come on, when you sow into the poor, there's sometimes there's things that you can't receive and it won't be repaid until the resurrection. Come on. Verse 12. He also said to him and invited him. He said, when you give a, a dinner or a supper, don't ask your friends, your brothers, or your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you'd be repaid. Uh-oh. Come on. I just want to get repaid. I want to sow a meat. Come on. We were, we were just talking about immediate, come on, return. And then I got Jesus telling me the opposite now. Jesus telling me, don't invite people that are going to repay you. Kingdom paradox, say it. Kingdom paradox. Goes the other way. Why? But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, and the lame, and the blind. And then it says this, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you. For you'll be repaid in the resurrection. So there you go. Crowns, joy, rejoicing. God's ordered it, ordained it. And so he wants us to look. And what does he do? He gives us a crown. And I'm going to give you five crowns right now. Because you receive a crown when you do this. You receive this later. Five crowns. Ready? The incorruptible crown. And it's what? It's for disciplined life. It's for a disciplined life. Disciplined life. Say the D word. Discipline. It's so funny. We started, the, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to look at anyone. I'll look out the door. But we started, we started a series. Actually, two of the men are in the back. But we won't point, we won't point them out. Translating God. And what happens is people fall. Yeah, yeah, we want to strengthen our prophetic gift. We want to strengthen our prophetic gift. But we don't want to read a page and a half and meditate on it and answer a few questions. And then, come on, I know I'm bringing the hammer, right? It's not that bad. It's just a book. Come on. But here's the thing. When we're not faithful with what, come on, God's calling us to do. We want to increase in this. We want to increase in that. We want to increase in that. But we don't want to sow any disciplined time into anything. 
All right, say ouch or amen, or both. Right? I'll leave it. 1 Corinthians 9.25. You can look at these later, right? You just write them down. That was it. For disciplined life. 1 Corinthians 9.25. I'll try and slow down. Second one, crown of life. What's the crown of life for? Patiently enduring trials. Oh, we don't like that one either. But James 1.2 and Revelation 2.10. James 1, sorry, James 1.12 and Revelation 2.10. It's where we receive a crown of life. And God wants to give you a crown of life, right? Number three. What is that? I can't even read that word. Oh my goodness. It's First Peter 5. Look it up quick. That's my that's me. That's that's why I type out my notes. Because I start writing Revelation. Come on, read it out, my wife. First Peter. Oh yeah, it's like a general five. Great. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I totally muffed this one, guys. Crown of glory, that's what it is. Crown of glory, sorry. It was, I, I did a double life and then I had to go over glory. And I don't know where the uh, second reference is. But anyway, you can find it later. Crown of glory. And it's faithfully giving yourself to Christ, right? The crown of glory, First Peter. There it is, crown of glory. Yep. When the chief shepherd appears. So you, you're faithfully and you're looking for the appearing of Christ, right? The crown of righteousness is the next one. Those who love is appearing, 2 Timothy 4.8. Those who love his appearing. Are we looking for him? Are we ready for him? Do we want to grab hold of what happens when Jesus Christ appears? Come on before us and with us. And the last one, crown of praise and rejoicing. First Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20. The whole chapter talks about a crown of rejoicing. And so we win souls, we cast down our crowns, and, the, and so the promises are given to those doing, living, in the kingdom works, right? These are promises given to those living and doing kingdom works. Ready? I'm going to give you a few promises right now. Promise of healing and divine health. Promise of divine security. Promise of fruitfulness. I'm going fast. Promise of long life. And a promise of signs, wonders, and miracles. That means working with the Lord. Okay? Number five. You missed all those. You can always look at it on the website. It's all there for 100 years, you know? Be there forever. 
Maybe. Five. You ready? <laughs> Answer prayer. What are we sowing into the harvest? We're believing for answered prayer. Number six, divine empowerment. Witnesses. Divine empowerment. How are we given power? The power supply of being a divine witness. We need to give and be active in what we're doing, right? Action and active. We need to be active. How do I get, come on, more divine power? I can release it. Because here's the thing. What happens when the car, we can just look at a vehicle. If you leave the car sitting and you don't move it, what happens? It's going to die. The alternator, because there's no, no movement. Nothing's changing. Come on, there's no flow of current. If we don't use it, you lose it. If you don't use what you've been given, how many want to use what they've been given for good? For the Father to release heaven. Come on. And so we just want to believe God that he's going to do these things. Now, here's, here's what we're going to provision's the last one. And I'm not going to get deep into that. But we, we're commanded that we get support for the gospel. And, God, and I've been looking all through this because I'm believing God that as we, come on, continue to believe God for the harvest, as you win souls, as you go after souls, as you continue to believe God to release evangelism and a spirit of evangelism over the church, something crazy happens. Ready? Remember what I said before? Remember what I said last week? Paul said, I what? I labor... I labor, Galatians chapter 4, Galatians chapter 4, I'm going to go there, and then I'm going to end with Isaiah, but the Holy Spirit really has got this in my spirit for, this, for, um, for us to walk out, Galatians chapter 4, is it not Galatians chapter 4? My little children, 19, 419, my little children for whom I labored in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Ready? Go to Isaiah 66. And we'll end with Isaiah 66. But Isaiah 66 is full of promise, is it not? It's full of promise. Verse 7. Talking about labor and birth again. Because God wants to birth something. He wants to birth something in the region. Shake off any sleepiness. If I got a little slow, shake it off. Holy Spirit wants to speak something right now. I'm telling you right now. Okay? Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Verse 7. 66, 7. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has, seen a, who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Shall I bring, shall I bring to the time of birth and not 
cause delivery, says the Lord. Listen. Holy Spirit wants us to realize this. And that's why I'm, I'm really, 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 I have to speak to you about prayer tonight and, and final, in ending this. Because the Lord is really wanting to birth something. It says this, who, who, yeah, you can go in there. Yeah, you can help me. <laughs> Don't ever have to ask. You just go. You can play behind me the whole time. But the Lord really wants us to grab hold of this because there's a promise in prayer. And I just want to talk to you because I was actually I was what happens with us as American Christians. Can I just say that as American Christians, as Americans? How many look at YouTube to do everything? No, really, raise your hand if you look at YouTube to do something. Almost everyone in the room. It's crazy. We look on the internet for everything, and that's okay for knowledge. But I was on the internet, and I was looking at YouTube, and I was looking at the Chinese church, and I felt like God was just giving me something for now. It's a now word. And I feel like this. This is where the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. There's power in a life that's consecrated to him. The Holy Spirit really wants to give us power in a life that's absolutely given over to what he wants. And we can't get anything from him unless we yield ourselves. You know, I can't receive salvation unless I yield myself. I can't, come on, I can't pray for someone to be healed and see a miracle unless I yield myself to the fact that it doesn't matter what happens as long as I just am obedient to pray. All these things, right? I can't receive greater love on my life than Jesus gave me if I can't extend love. And so there's this whole thing about intercession because what happens is when we get together to pray, we come short because we don't fully expect. Never mind the fact that we don't want to position ourselves, that we don't want to give our time. And I don't want to make this, come on, I don't want to make it a, like a heavy weight on us, but I do want to say something. We've, we've been taught now as the American church, if we're lacking something, to just look it up. You can go to a million conferences, you can go on YouTube, you can go here, there, but who's going to press in through prayer to receive something from heaven? And this is where I'm at. The Lord, I, I just feel like there's something that he wants to release in the body. And it goes back to something old-fashioned. Come on, it's something old that brings something new. <laughs> but it's never been old. I say that old because we think of it as old legalistic stuff, old prayer meetings that we don't, you know, that we were out... Why we got to do it like the old timers? Come on, we're new. We're, come on, we're trendy. We're a trendy church. What do we got to do? I'll tell you what we got to do. We got to learn to get on our knees and ask the Lord to come and invade heaven, the earth. Because I'm telling you, it's not going to happen just by waiting for the sweet by and by to come. 
And I don't want to make I don't want to make it sound like works. Because I always get like I don't want to put a heavy weight on people. But something in, in my spirit, something is being stirred, something's being birthed and I know, I know when it's gone and I know when it's just yesterday's turkey or something. Come on. And over the last few days, I just feel the Lord saying, are you, are you going to come closer? And yeah, again, he may be just speaking to me and I have to just respond as the head, right? But I know this, that he's calling us. On the 15th, this is not a promo for the, for the 15th. This is for a lifestyle. This is for a lifestyle, giving yourself over to prayer. Because I don't know about you, but I can't see the things that I want to see that I know the Lord has promised me to see, I, we will not see a harvest unless we pray into it. We will not see mass healings and mass deliverance unless we pray into it. It's not just going to come, guys. And I can, we can pursue and go to all meetings and come on, look at, look at, you know, how to, all the healing videos that are on YouTube. I can look at all that, and I can get good teaching. But some things are imparted by prayer. Some things we just give ourselves over to because we got to give it to our give it ourselves to prayer. And there's such potential in prayer, but it bores us. It bores us and it shouldn't be. It's time with the Lord. It's time when we had the last when we had the first one it was really really good because everyone everyone participated. And it's not just about people participating. I'm talking about and not one event. But I'm telling you, God wants to have your life so enveloped in who he is and the life that he has for you. And it has to come through what? Not being bored and, come on, distracted by other stuff. All this stuff. fire from heaven came at Pentecost because what they gathered and they prayed and they waited and then it came again because they gathered in prayer and waited and then it came again because they gathered and prayed and waited and that's what my Bible tells me so I know that the only uh, there's not five steps to revival there's one step to revival and it's prayer there's not one there's not 17 steps to how I'm going to get free it's one thing if we just ask the Lord to come in full power Lord come until we're come on we're consumed everything inside of us is consumed that everything that it, that is not of you is is pulled out because of the dross because of that very thing that that I spoke about at the beginning it's because of the judgment seat he's he's calling us to a place where he wants to come and he wants to put the wreath on your head he wants to put the crown on your head and he wants you to come into that place to to have communion with him and to speak with him because I can't receive anything on my own it's the fire from heaven that changes lives. It's the fire from heaven that changes our outlook. It's the fire from heaven that changes our eyes and how we see. It changes our, our speech and how we speak. But it won't come. I gave you all these great rewards. I want to see immediate change. I want to see those things. I want to see the crowns. Come on, God wants to give us crowns. 
But it's not to store them up for ourselves. It's to release them on the earth so that, come on, more righteousness, more fire, more joy, more goodness is released all over humanity. And I don't know about you. Here's where I'm at. I'm believing God for big, big things, right? I went back to look in Manchester. I drove Saturday with my wife and my daughter to find a building. Guys, the only one that, <laughs> that looks good to me is the big one. And it's scary. No, she's telling me to watch my mouth. It's scary. I'm just going to be real. But... The Holy Spirit is wanting to do something amazing. And so he's waiting for some, if I'm looking for the immediate reward, then I have to believe that he who wins souls is wise. What does that mean? That changes my whole perspective about what's happening here. That God wants to bring this place into a, a center of revival where we see it's not just going to be Lakeland. It's not just going to be Toronto. It's not going to be just Brownsville. Come on, that's the last 30 years. Why can't he just do all those things at once and then add to that? That it is an equipping center, that it is something that goes boom and it's like a mushroom cloud in New Hampshire because there is nothing. There's nothing in the region that equips and sends out what am I saying tonight? I want you to get focused. I want, you know, there was a word in the back that we'd have our eyes focused. And I just want to believe God to do this. And it's not about a... You understand what I'm saying? It's not about a big building project. Because if God doesn't do it, I can't do it. But I have to believe. I have to position myself. And it, I can't do it myself. Right? I can't do it myself. It's funny, people say, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? Show up and participate. That's all it is. You want to encourage the pastor? You want to encourage the senior leader? Just show up and participate. That's all, right? As we get big and, you know, things start, come on, there's going to be lots of things to do. And I'm talking big because I'm believing for souls. I'm believing for salvation. I'm believing it not just to be, I don't want... We'll take them because there's broken people that have been in churches and burned and all that stuff. And they want, they're looking for a healthy place to be. We'll take them. But I'm looking for the harvest. I'm looking for God to release the harvest to us. What does the harvest look like? It looks like people coming into the, into the, into the presence of the Lord and being re receiving Him and getting their lives radically changed and receiving amazing, amazing, amazing new life. just so much and I'll probably go on this again next week a little bit before she was in labor she gave birth that tells me one thing that before God spoke it it was already happening that before something was received by the Holy Spirit before you can conceive it Come on, you got to receive it. Before I can conceive something, I have to receive it from God.
before her pain came, a child was born. A male child was born. Before something's about to happen, God's already birthed it. And here's what happens. We position ourselves in prayer and in fasting. I'll say the F word. Fasting. Because when I fast, all of a sudden, I give God my whole life. Like, I, I got to give him my life, my flesh, all the stuff I want to eat and consume, all the TV I want to watch, the football games, the internet, whatever. I give him that. For me, it shouldn't be a sacrifice, right? The food thing's tough. But when I give myself over so that it's like John the Baptist said, that he comes and I decrease. I don't know about you, but I want him to come and I want me to decrease. Yeah, he'll still use Miles as the vessel and he'll still use me for who I am. Come on, your personality. But he's wanting all the other stuff, all our, he likes your ideas. He wants to just, boom, he wants to blow life on him. So stand with me tonight. We're just going to, I just want to consecrate ourselves, really. And tonight I know, you know, I know there's people in here that don't even know what I'm talking about. That's just the truth. Like, is this guy okay? Show you I am. We're called to just bring a region into revival and awakening. That's only as big as we make it seem. And so I want to awaken every person in this room. If you don't know Christ tonight, I'm going to give you an invitation because what happens is we're just going to... Jesus came. He came to give his life for you. That you'd be absolutely changed by his presence. He gave, came to give you a brand new life. And you may have even been, you know, some of us, we come out of religious backgrounds. It can be anything. But I know this, that the Lord wants us to have true life on our relationship with Him. And so He comes and He gives us an invitation that He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That he'll take every bit of shame, condemnation, and guilt and He'll take it and He'll throw it far, as far as the east is from the west. And so if that's you tonight, I just want to pray a prayer with you right now. And so Father, I just thank You we just thank you, God. The Bible says that if you confess your, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, then you're saved. It's just easy. 
People think we got to go through seven million stages to get saved, to receive God. But it's just confess with your mouth. So just pray with me, and, you, and the Lord will know if it's in your heart. So everyone just pray. So Father, we just confess, Lord, every place where we've fallen short, Lord, every place where we've sinned, every place... that we may not be submitted to God. We give to you now. And Lord, I confess with my mouth that you're Lord. I believe in my heart that you're Lord and I give you Lordship over my entire life right now. Lord, I give my entire life I thank you that you're going to begin to change me from the inside out. That your kingdom's going to rule and reign in my life right now. And so I give myself to you. In Jesus' name. So Lord, and even tonight, Lord, we thank you. That you're calling us to a fresh place of pursuit. That we don't sit back real passive anymore. Yet we're not going to be giving ourselves to works. We're just going to give ourselves completely to you. And Lord, we're going to ask that you consume our hearts. Lord, I ask over this entire place, those who couldn't make it tonight, Father, that there be an impartation, Father, to receive more of you tonight. Lord, I ask that you release a burden, a fire, a burning desire to labor and to birth something fresh in the kingdom. thank you for the fire from heaven and we ask I thank you that it's in the atmosphere above us it's all around us and we thank you for tongues of fire and those who need to be freshly infilled with the spirit of God Father right now just release the fire of the Holy Spirit we thank you for the fire of God we thank you for the power of God we thank you Lord that you want to do something greater than we could ever expect And so, Lord, I'm praying for every person here and myself that by the grace of God, you help us to position ourselves. Position ourselves to birth revival, to birth awakening. Lord, that it would be something deep, deep on our inner man. That it wouldn't be anything that we do through works, but it would be through a burden to pray. Lord, set our hearts towards you. Fresh, new way tonight. Fresh, new way tonight, God. Lord, that our worship is lifting up only one king, you. That our prayer life is focused 
laser focused on you and what you want to do. Lord, help us to think regionally and even nationally, Lord, and help us to think way bigger than just ourselves. But Lord, we're asking for personal revival too. So revive us in our spirit tonight. Revive us in our hearts tonight. We thank you for the benefits of the harvest and we expect immediate reward, God. We thank you, Lord. It's not on a reward system, but we thank you, Lord, that there's going to be great crowns. And Lord, you're raising up champions to run the race in fullness. And so we bless you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name.